Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Support for 100 Words, the podcast, comes from Talenti. When Talenti makes gelato and sorbetto, they tend to get a little overzealous. Did they need to use so many raspberries in their Roman raspberry sorbetto that the machine broke? Did they need to try 25 different chai teas to find the perfect spice blend for their vanilla chai gelato? Did they have to invent giant mint steepers to make their Mediterranean mint super minty? Does their obsessiveness make Talenti gelato and sorbetto the greatest? You be the judge. But yes, it does make them the greatest, and they're also the judge. Talenti, the delicious is in the details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. I'm trying to be somewhat quiet because it's early in the morning, and um, yeah, I don't want to wake anybody up. But thanks for joining us on another exciting discussion with people who are involved in independent music, whether it's playing in bands, working at record labels, Whatever the case may be, as long as they are part of this awesome, weird music scene that we've all decided to, uh, you know, dedicate most of our lives to. So that's what we got. And also today we have probably one of the fav- my most favorite chats I've ever had. And that's saying a lot because we're, you know, 270 some odd episodes in. But Jake from the band Gideon, Jake Smelly, and I, I apologize, Jake, if I am butchering your last name, but yes, Jake from Gideon, he's the drummer. And Gideon is a metallic hardcore band of the Christian variety. Uh, they're on Equal Vision Records. Uh, they've they've been, and you'll hear me refer to this in the interview, but I call them secretly successful. It's one of those bands that have just been at it for a long time. I've known their name, um, but uh, I, I've never really paid too close attention to. But uh, after talking with Jake, I've uh, pr- retroactively gone back and I really enjoy what the band does. And I hope that this discussion um, serves a lot of purpose in your life because basically there's a lot of uh, 
I, I came in not with an agenda, but you know, my list of questions. And uh, I quickly abandoned those about 20, 25 minutes into the interview because we just got really, really deep on religion, philosophy, just places that I, I, I love talking about. And uh, Jake was kind of sorting things out <laughs> in real time. And I just really appreciate how open and honest he was. And uh, I think you'll be able to reflect and listen and hopefully soak in a lot of what he's saying. And because frankly, at the end of the day, when it comes to religion and spirituality, none of us have any idea. We, we all have our belief systems and the things that we espouse and believe personally, but you know, we're all kind of taking stabs in the dark. And I think that when people realize that they actually do have a deeper relationship with not only the world at large, but then whatever spiritual belief they personally adhere to. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm definitely careful in the words that I'm choosing because I'm not trying to, uh, you know, say one person is wrong and one person is right in regards to what they personally believe. Um, so yeah, I just, I love this discussion and I was really, really happy that Jake was willing to, uh, go to a lot of these places. So that's that. Let's get some business pleasantries out of the way. Jabberjaw media podcast network. You need to dive in, find out all about those podcasts that are a part of that awesome network. Go to jabberjawmedia.com and you can find a ton of information, awesome other shows. And that's, uh, that's, that's what I love about this particular company. It's, uh, you know, combining all of us under this one awesome umbrella. So that's Jabberjaw. Um, I'm going to be releasing a bonus episode in the next couple weeks with a deep dive discussion with uh, my friend Joey from 613 on records about, uh, early two thousands metalcore, <laughs> where we kind of, uh, you know, dust off some, some undiscovered gems from what people, uh, may have forgotten about in uh you know the past 10 years or so but uh yeah that's a, that's a really fun one that you should keep your eyes and ears and whatever else peeled for and then uh rate and subscribe to this podcast i, I know every podcast tells you to do basically the same things but um yeah i'm i'm just the same <laughs> so when you rate the show and you review it uh it's it spits it into this algorithm thing and then the more people that interact with the show from a review perspective it goes up in the rankings and blah, blah, blah. So it basically just becomes easier for people to discover. So, um, yeah, that's, that's all I got in regards to that. And well, I hope, I hope you're being safe out there because you know, the world is a absolutely terrifying place right now. And I think every morning I wake up feeling, um, good in certain respects and then terrible in other respects. And I just can't believe that we're at a point now in which, these very uh, fringe and marginalized groups that shouldn't have a place at any table in modern society are now being given, um, you know, one of the largest voices of the land endorsing them. And I, uh, yeah, it just, it's such a huge bummer. I just, I look at this and I'm like, I can't, I can't believe it. But obviously the best way that we can combat that is by, through our own actions, through the fact that uh, we push against these beliefs, we push against the intolerance and the hate and everything that is wrong with those philosophies, movements, whatever you want to call them. It just it's it's uh, horrific, abhorrent, whatever adjective you want to use in a negative light to describe that. That's exactly what it is. So 
I just hope you're being safe out there. And if you feel scared, reach out to somebody, whether it's me, you can email me 100 words podcast at gmail.com or reach out to a friend, find camaraderie, because I think that's what makes us all feel less alone. So anyways, let's talk to Jake, right? That's why you're here. And that's why I'm here. So let's do this. Gideon as a band is a band that I like to call what's you guys are quote unquote secretly successful. And this is totally just like my coined term. Like, you know, no one's no one's projecting this on you besides me. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you've been a band since, you know, whatever, 2007, 2008. And, you know, you've been doing your thing and touring and, you know, being as active as you guys can be. Um, but, you know, not until whatever, let's say the past, you know, two to four years, the world outside of the you know Christian metalcore environment started to really pay attention to what you guys were doing, but you mm-hmm. guys were like, "Hey, we've been here for a while. Like, we're not a new band." <laughs> you know, it's like we've released. Yeah. It. Um, do, does it kind of feel that way, or am I just kind of really mischaracterizing the whole thing? <laughs> um, no, definitely. There's there's sometimes where I think um, releasing this last record off Equal Vision had a lot to do with that. Like a lot of people were like, "Who who is this band?" Because I don't know. We we were just kind of boxed in this little world for so long, um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's starting to to get a little bit broader, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It it definitely seems like we've been grinding for our whole lives. You know what I mean? Right. Um, we started this band when I was. 17 like almost 18 in like 2008 and so by no means like is it anywhere where i think like we i'm i don't know i'm kind of hard on on us and on myself Uh and this band is like nowhere near like where i want us to be you know what i mean but but i look back to where we came from and i'm just like how did we even make it this far you know, this is crazy. Right. Well, especially too, because like I look at it, uh, per, uh, I used to work at Century Media Records for many years doing like A&R and stuff like that. And Jason from mm-hmm. Face Down is a, is a friend. And like, I just remember when he, when he started that strike first imprint off of Face Down. And it was like the, the amount of bands that got put out under that, that ended up actually you know still staying successful was was pretty small because obviously that was just kind of a you know hey i really like this band i want to help them out and the fact yeah the fact that you guys got your first release put out on that and then you're still a band like that's a success in and of itself you know that's actually a weird story because so cost was supposed to come out on strike first and um that's how he originally signed our band and uh and dan our vocalist uh joined while we were in the studio recording costs and we sent Jason some of the recordings, uh, after he was on all the tracks or whatever. And, uh, and he actually bumped us up to face down. And at the time I, uh, just being young, like a lot of my favorite bands at the time, like were on that label, you know? And so it was like a dream come true. Like even then just Jason Dunn being like, Hey, like I want to, release your first record like your first full length ever i want to put it out on face down like we were just so so pumped i can't even explain it right oh so that oh that's funny for some reason i was under the impression that you guys put out the first 
release on strike first but you i guess you technically graduated you're on Facebook. yeah we were supposed to it, that's how it was supposed to go down but uh yeah, he ended up just bumping us straight to face down, which was really cool of Jason. I'm sure if you know him, you know, like, he's just the, best. the nicest dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I always found it funny because anytime I had to deal with him on, like, any sort of business stuff where you're, like, you know, you're talking money or anything and, like, you know, obviously part of business is, like, negotiation. So, like, anytime he like, <laughs> he, like, came back to me with something that was, like, oh, wow, like, you know, he's, like, playing hardball or something. But then I was always like, I was like, it's Jason, dude. He's not playing hardball. He's just, like, being a good business person. It was so funny. <laughs> you're like, Jason, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> you're not, you're nice, Jason. <laughs> dude, I know. It's, so, it's funny how it kind of, like, a person, the way that a person is, um, you know, can't directly apply to, like, all areas mm-hmm. of life. It's like, yeah, sometimes you got to, like, you know, be a little shrewd business person. It's like, that happens, but. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of kind of reflecting on, on you know, you as a person, uh, you were born and raised in Tuscaloosa, right? Yeah, well, I'm, I was born and raised um, in a small town outside of Tuscaloosa. It's about uh, 25 minutes uh, east. And for, like, as a, a guy that does, a, like, runs a podcast, like, you've probably heard of uh, S-Town. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course. That's where Gideon started <laughs> in a garage in, in Woodstock, Alabama. Dude, you're kidding me. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God. It's the weirdest thing to me that it's actually like people know about that now, like about uh, just about Woodstock and Bibb County in general. Like it's a really, really, really weird feeling. And I came home from this last tour and uh, it's really like, I don't know, like all over the news and everything. Uh, how familiar are you with that podcast? I, I devoured it once it came out. So yeah, it was like, I mean, that's really interesting because I mean, the whole town I, I presume is like completely changed now. It, uh, they're trying and it's really weird because there's, there's certain people that are trying to milk it for everything that they can get. Like uh, K three lumber, for example. Right. So, so I get home from this last tour sit down i'm just chatting with my parents and the news comes on and the headline is literally things s-town got wrong and it's the people from k3 and the mayor's wife cheryl and they're literally just talk like just trying to like save their asses like just trying to like uh just make woodstock seem like a lot better than it is and and basically dude k3 even they were like they were advertising their uh, their website and everything. Like they're milking it for everything they can get. It's really wow. crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm because I'm sure it's one of those things where it's like there's never been a, a national spotlight on some you know never really, really really small town, and so now people are just kind of like trying to come to grips with how how to handle that. Yeah, yeah. and a, a lot of people there. I would say most people there still have no idea that that people even know about any of that like it's crazy man it, when when you say small town like it really doesn't put it into uh into terms like it's it's right. crazy so with you knowing what s-town is and uh i don't know that's it kind of it kind of gives you a visual yeah it gives you like a, a visual of like where i grew up and uh and where Gideon actually started, because that that is exactly we we always claim Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. because it was the closest like major city to us, you know. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Because I mean, there there definitely is. You know, I mean, it's like ban- I, I I live in Orange County, California, so it's like you know they're whatever an hour south of L.A. And you know, clearly mm-hmm. Orange County has a lot of musical stuff going on. But then, yeah, you always found it funny when certain bands were claiming you know a, a different suburb, and it's just like, dude. Don't call yourselves Yorba Linda hardcore. No one's gonna have any idea what you're talking. Like, <laughs> that's like that's like you know you're claiming suburb specific you know hardcore. It's like, that is so. It's so it makes sense that you're like yeah Tuscaloosa. People would be like oh yeah yeah that is. exactly. So you know you know where we're coming from. Right. But um and it's crazy because now like I don't even think that there's I haven't heard of any if there are but I I don't even think that hardcore and like metalcore and metal is even like a thing in tuscaloosa right now Mm -hmm. um like birmingham has shows uh but yeah it's sparse right and so kind of on that same tip where you know because of the fact that you were raised in an area that you know clearly wasn't a cultural hub of anything beyond just you know kind of typical small town life like how did you even I guess get into the idea of like, Hey, let's like play in a band. And because the only reason I know it sounds so basic that I'm asking this question, but it's like so many people are afforded the luxury of, you know, Mm. being located in a major metropolitan area and have like, you know, some people to play with, but like you were, you were not. (laughs) And so I find it interesting. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, well, my dad's side of the family, uh, they're all musicians somehow. Um, but basically that means like they all like either sing or play guitar. My sister plays drums and guitar. And, uh, so I, I kind of just grew up around it and always wanted to, uh, to just write music. Like from a young age, I can remember like trying to write songs, like really, really little. And, um, I don't know. I grew out of guitar, like, and started getting into different phases. And then when I was about, 15 or 16 I started playing drums and I just really fell in love with it like too fast you know like that's it just consumed my entire life and I would just come home and and just play until uh until like the neighbors were about to call the cops and then I'd go to bed you know right um and I I had made some some friends like through the years uh that lived uh lived in Bibb County still but it was like down near uh centerville and brent alabama well uh my best friend since the third grade um he actually started playing guitar uh when we were in i guess junior high and so we we kind of got into heavier bands like around that time in our lives like we were like 12 13 14 like started getting into like heavier bands like uh i think like pod was one of my first like heavy bands that I got into because once again, like just the, the small town that I grew up in, like, uh, I don't know. It was very, it was very, uh, conservative. And sure. so something, something like, uh, like POD was like really heavy, you know? Oh yeah. And, um, and I grew up on like nineties country and rock and roll. And so my dad my dad's a rocker like he he loves rock and roll but uh nothing that heavy you know and so it was kind of weird but they were like yeah i guess you can go to this show with with daniel if you guys like go together and like take care of each other so like 
14, me and him went to this, uh, this, it was called fish fest and it was in Tuscaloosa and bands like, uh, there was this band called Fixel Tuesday, which they changed their name to I am terrified. Okay. And they were like the big, uh, I guess like, I don't know. They were, they were like the Kings of Alabama at the time. Okay. And, uh, like they were making like newspaper, uh, I don't know, like certain articles, like we were reading about them, like, wow, these guys are like blowing up because like that was huge to us, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, started going to like shows like that. And Daniel and I were just like, man, it would be really cool to be in a band. And he played in some other local bands for a while, but then we got in touch with this, uh, this guy named Scooter Lee. And, uh, that's the guy that I met from, uh, Centerville that lived in Bibb County. And he got in touch with, uh, some, some of his other friends and, Daniel called me one day. He was like, I found you a band, but you have to join. Like you can't like, you know, you can't wimp out now. Like you have to, you have to just play with them. And I've been playing drums for like a few months at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the guitar player, Chris Gottlieb, um, I owe that guy so much because he, he, him being like such a good guitar player, it pushed me to get better at drums a lot faster. Cause I was like, if I have to keep up with this guy, like I'm going to have to practice like night and day. <laughs> right. And, right. uh, so Gideon, like whenever we first started, it was actually like kind of like shreddy, like metal stuff, super cringeworthy. Sure. And just like, <laughs> you know how it is like when you're young and just trying to like figure things out. Um, but our first, uh, show we actually, Scooter knew this guy named Casey up in Chattanooga and, uh, was like a local promoter awesome guy well he was running a festival called livestock fest and had a bunch of bands playing scooter called casey and was like hey can you like throw my new band on this like we want to try to get out of alabama and, and like actually play some shows so our first show was actually in tennessee like we just drove all the way to chattanooga we were actually late for the show uh, backed up the truck to the stage, unloaded the drums, <laughs> like set up as fast as possible. Right. And uh, so we started playing shows then. And I, I guess my first show being out of state kind of helped get the wiggles out really fast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we just tried to play as many shows as we possibly could. And uh, like literally on the weekends, um, I would say Friday we would try to play like somewhere in Birmingham and we would do like the same circle, like over and over again, we would do like Birmingham, uh, McDonough, Georgia, like Pensacola, Florida. Um, sometimes it would be like Chattanooga instead of one of those, but we would just do like this round and make it back at like, I, I would say like three or four o'clock Monday morning and get ready and go to school. And it's so, crazy to me just to think that my parents were were cool with that just because like they're very protective and like i said like just super conservative so i think just because there were older guys in the band they kind of trusted them to take care of daniel and i because we were still in high school right um but yeah we just played as many shows as possible and that's um, actually how Daniel got his start as like a booking agent because we would, uh, we are like, man, we, we have to like get out of this place. Like we gotta, we gotta start playing shows like 
everywhere. Right. And he would just look up promoters in different, uh, excuse me. He would look up promoters in different States and towns and just like, see if we could jump on shows. And some of them we would get paid. Some of them we knew like there was no shot in hell of us getting, getting paid at all. But we, we knew we just had to get our name out there. Yeah. And, uh, so we would just work so hard while we were home and, um, just save up enough money to where we could come out of pocket for gas money to do like these little runs. Sure. And, um, it's just crazy because I feel like a lot of people, whenever it comes to, uh, to being in bands and things like that, they think they have to move to a certain, like a huge city to, uh, to get found. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they, they have this mentality and I'm sure that does work for some people, but, um, we were never much for uh for like waiting for something to happen because we knew that nothing came out of our town so we were just like if if this is something we really want like we have to just just work and just earn it ourselves you know yeah and um so i mean i i the only normally i don't kind of you know, go through, you know, how a band started in these shows just because, yeah, I mean, usually it's been like well documented, but the mm-hmm. reason I wanted to bring it up with you is just because, um, you know, I, I think your experience was emblematic of uh, a time where, you know, I mean, even though you started in 2008, you know, the internet was clearly a thing and bands yeah. were able My space to- was huge. Exactly. But your because of your location, I f- feel that your experience was more akin to bands that existed maybe in the infancy of the internet, like late nineties, early two thousands, just based on your location. You know, like you were you were going out there, like yeah, maybe shows were a little bit easier to understand, like where they were happening and reaching out to the promoter. But mm-hmm. it's still the same premise of just like oh yeah, we're just going to do our circle and hustle on the weekends, and um, you know that uh, might have been lost a little bit more once the internet took hold and everybody was like oh yeah we're only gonna play one show a month because we live oh it's crazy uh we actually just toured with a band that uh that was like put together um like they met each other on the internet you know and um really good friends with uh with their drummer and he was just was just telling me like hey like i have a lot of respect for you guys because I don't know how you guys did what you did. Like that just seems like so crazy. Like looking back, we were nuts. Like we we were so crazy because we would, well, you didn't, you didn't know any better. That was no. And that's the thing. Like when you ask like, Oh, it, it must be hard because of like where you came from. We didn't think twice about it. We were just like, this is, this is where we are and this is where we want to be how can we achieve that? And it, it was never like a, I wish I had some miraculous story about like, you know, like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, so many people, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, we didn't really think about how many people were looking down on us for what we were doing. And, and until you look back at it and you're just like, wow, so many people talk shit because of like, because of what we were trying to do. Like so many people just like didn't believe in us. So many people told us like we were literally on a road to nowhere and that there was nothing in this, but we wanted it so bad. We were so obsessed that we just made it happen. Right. And it's, it's really crazy to think about. Like I, I don't think about it enough. And when I do think about it, like when hearing you ask this question, it just, it makes me even more 
just humble and thankful for for the chance that we've been given because it really uh it really is a crazy thing the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. we all carry around different things that stress us out right like maybe it's something really really small like man that parking space it's always taken and i wish that i would be able to like get it instead of you know this person that maybe you know is the most courteous and considerate I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Yeah. Well, I, and I think the, a lot of people can point to the, you know, whatever, uh, ignorance, stupidity, you know, of, of young bands when they're getting together and the hard work, Mm -hmm. like the singular focus that you have when you're trying to accomplish this thing. Um, you know, you're not calculated about anything beyond just like, we got to do this, we got to do this. And like, you work so hard. And I think that really adds to the longevity because like, you've already been through so much, you know, ridiculous stuff that you're just like, once you're at any level of success, you're just like, yo, that's so much better than what we experienced six months ago. (laughs) You're like, it's such a different world. And so, yeah, I think that's, you know, that frankly, that's probably why you guys exist as a band because of the hard work that you put into it initially. And not even from like, you know, developing a fan base or whatever you want to call it, but just like the simple task of what it's like 
being in a band and planning and like the hard work behind it, you know? Oh, definitely. And I, I have to give like most of the credit, like as far as like planning and, and like all, all of those things, like a lot of credit to, uh, like our old, our old bass player, Timmy, like he was basically like our dads for so, for so long. Cause he was, he was like the oldest guy that was with us for a while. And, uh, we were just, Daniel and I were just kids, you know, like we didn't know what we were doing. And so he, he tried to like plan everything to where like he knew we were going to be okay. But, um, man, there's, there's some just crazy stories that have, you know, fallen into place and it's just, it's, it's really crazy. But, uh, um, no, that's, that's amazing. Um, the, I did want to ask before we got too far away from it, the, um, l- like you mentioned, you, you know, your parents being conservative and mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, stereotype that gets placed on most of the South is that like, you know, clearly everybody is raised, you know, Christian or some form of, of, of God fearing religion. Um, I, I'm going to guess that that was your upbringing as well, or did, uh, I guess, Christianity and religion come in at a later date for you? Uh, no, it was definitely, uh, as a kid. So my, I told you my dad was a rocker <laughs> and, uh, my parents literally met that way. Like it was from my dad playing shows and everything. And, um, it's just crazy because in the South, it really is just what you, it's what's uh, considered right, you know? So whenever I came along, they were like, well, we have to, uh, and don't, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not bashing my parents in any way because like this in their eyes, like this is, uh, they were doing, what was best for me, you know? Sure. Um, but it's just so funny to like, think about like how my dad, like clean, like my dad stopped smoking, like stopped drinking. They started going to church and literally all, all just because like I was being born and they wanted me to have like a good life. And so, um, but yeah, it's definitely the norm to grow up like uh, Christian, ma- mainly Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. But at the same at the same time, um, I feel like there's so many different uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, denominations, like just on every single street corner. But uh, it's in every town you ride through, it'll you'll see at least one church that says like. First Church of Woodstock or First Church of, you know, uh, Green Pond. And it's just like, I, I don't know, man. It just seems like competitive and just like, <laughs> just don't. super weird. Like, who cares? Right. <laughs> I mean, to your point, it's definitely one of those things where, um, you know, each community needs to feel like they have their church or their, oh, yeah. spe- like you said, you know, specific denomination or strain of religion. And um, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's weird if you live in the South and you don't have that, like, as a part of your life, especially, you know, from a family upbringing, it's like, wait, what do you mean? Like, Oh, definitely. (laughs) It's a, when did, when did you feel, I guess, like you made the switch from it being kind of raised within you to something that you felt like you chose for yourself? Man, this is like, this is heavy. Or are you still choosing it for yourself? (laughs) Um, we can go down this rabbit hole but it's a rabbit hole. I'll just say that. Um, 
the only I'll I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll load it up in regard just like my own personal experience like you know I was definitely okay. raised within within the faith and everything like that and I still self-identify as a Christian um, you know there's many aspects of religion that I personally don't agree with because you know religion is a man-made construct and you know clearly mm-hmm. men don't know what we're doing when I'm saying men not like the gender but men as as a uh, mankind no right? yeah um, I I got what you're saying and so but you know I I, I always feel like. Um, my again, my own personal experience, like going through high school, like I myself am like you know vegan and straight edge, and like these are labels I put on myself because I felt like the people who were uh, adopting this particular religion were like you know on Sundays they would be going to church, but then on Saturday nights they would be like you know screwing chicks on the on the pool table and like you know getting drunk and like all these things. I was like, man, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense. So, anyways, I feel like my um, you know actual relationship with with God was forged during those times and i know that people have so many different kind of you know entry not only entry points but feel like hey i'm not i don't believe down the line every single one of these things but this is when i feel like i actually you know made a choice to have a relationship with god as opposed to like oh this is something my parents raised me with you know yeah um oh man i don't know like how deep i should get into this because like I have some, I've had some pretty crazy thoughts. Like, I'm, I'm definitely an overthinker. If anything, like (laughs) I can think something to death, like it's ridiculous, but okay. So I was, uh, I was born and raised in a Southern Baptist church basically. And, um, always felt like, uh, should we go to this whole? No, dude. If okay. You, no, if you, I mean, if you don't, if you don't want to, uh, I I totally understand. The only, the only it's re- fine. It just makes me feel bad for it because I've I've always I just need to watch how I word things because I never want someone to think that like I don't res- like even you like I, I don't want you to think that I don't respect what you believe in just because like of what I'm saying that I, I've experienced, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, what well, we can, we can preface this conversation by like, and that's why I was kind of directing it towards your own mm-hmm. personal experience because, you know, I mean, each person, as we well know, has their own, you know, whatever as cheesy as it sounds path through life. And I think that anytime a person, um, bring so much baggage to the table in regards to like, Oh, because this person isn't living the way that I'm living or doesn't have the same, um, you know, values, like it's an attack on me. And it's like, n- yeah, like, no, everyone just is feeling different things, maybe about the same thing, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, but it's up to you. It's up to you. We can totally gloss over it and I can move on. It's, <laughs> honestly, it's not a big deal. I just, uh, I just want to say before I go down this toll that I've been on the other end of this to where, um, to where I felt disrespected because of how like bands that, uh, that I felt like completely uh, walked out on their beliefs and things like that. Like I, I can remember thinking like, man, that band, like I can't believe that they just like walked out on, you know, their beliefs and like everything that they've stood for, you know? Yeah. But as, as a man, and someone, someone who grew up a little bit, I can see how music is not a way of uh, of just talking about one specific thing. I feel like it's an outlet to share 
everything that you are going through in life. Like you shouldn't be put in a box for anything. So I just want to say that before, before I start going in on this. It's a very, but, um, yeah, very appreciated. I, uh, so yeah, I started going to a Christian school in the third grade because, uh, my parents just decided it would be the best thing to take me out of public school and, uh, and put me in a Christian school where I can, you know, learn more about the faith and be on, uh, on this Christian path, like every single day, you know? Right. And, uh, so I even took classes like, uh, instead of taking like trig and things like that, um, I took classes, uh, I had like an apologetics class that was literally a class on how to defend your faith. Um, and they would they would kind of go through like from a bias standpoint, go through and and teach you how to defend Christianity against like all of these other religions. And like the main thing that they would tell you is like, um, you know, the main thing that makes Christianity stand above these uh, gods, like lower G gods, like is that uh you know, Christ is still, is still living. And, um, and all of these other gods have died. So, so it's, it's something that whether or not it was, because I think it was meant well, because Mm -hmm. I, I realized where the people were coming from. I don't think anyone had malicious intent by teaching me these things. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Right. Um, but whether it was for the good or for the bad, I can look back now and realize that that was a form of brainwash. Um, because well, well, it's they literally, had, they had, ag- they had agenda that, and that was, you yeah. Know, and that, and that was the, that was the point of it. So that's why you were going through that. Definitely. And, and in the South, I'd, I've mentioned this to a couple of my other friends that live, uh, other places and they have no idea what this is, but have you ever heard of a judgment house? That sounds very familiar. What Judgment House that is that like the 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 sort of uh haunted house thing where they bring people through and scare them? Yeah. Yes, yes. Definitely. Okay. And yeah. so like as a young as a young kid, um like I I would go to these things like with our youth group or or before I was even in youth group, like we would go to these things at uh, at other churches. You would just visit other churches and judgment houses for whatever reason. But there was always a scene where um and I'll get to why I'm mentioning all these things in a second but there was always this scene where you walked in and it was like a hell scene and there was like satan in the background oh there was always like this guy screaming like jesus help jesus help like right uh i'm i'm burning it's hot down here like save me and uh and there would always be this guy in like a voice changer like come out of nowhere and he would just be like he can't hear you down here and it's just like super terrifying as a child yeah like it's it is so scary and so i say these things to simply say whether it was meant for good or bad all of these things are forms of brainwashing and um and just living in fear of uh of what happens when we die you know sure and um and honestly, um, I think I started questioning things 
when I was about 21, 20 or 21, um, this is crazy. This is the first time I've ever talked about this, like in public or just being open like this. So this is a big moment for me, actually. Well, but, I, um, I, I just want to, I just want to say I appreciate it because I mean, I, 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 I don't care what sort of upbringing you have. Um, mm-hmm. No matter, we live in a world that is you know dominated by religions. I mean, for obvious reasons, yeah. and so I think that uh, you know, anytime people explore struggles and are honest about the way that they approach it um i think is really important so i I, anyways i just want to thank you i appreciate that well thank thanks for saying that it makes me feel a little better but um i just started i don't know i would see all of these uh these posts all over my social media and to be honest i wasn't in a good okay so i told you like how i was you kind of got the image already that I was borderline sheltered, like all through high school, um, except for being able to go and play these shows. And, um, and I think just from making friends outside of, uh, outside of church and some of these, like these secular shows we were playing and things like that. Um, <laughs> the word secular just makes me laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like I would just, I would meet people that had a different worldview than I did. And, um, and for whatever reason, uh, I just always tried to stay open-minded whenever, um, whenever we would have talks because I would actually approach them like, and, and want to talk about their worldviews and things like that. Like I was just interested. And, um, I, I always heard like, you know, Christians just shove things down people's throat. So the biggest thing I would try to do whenever talking to people is just realize that no one is going to want to listen to anything you have to say if you don't let them talk, you know? So I would straight up just have like just conversations with some of my friends that were, some were atheists, some uh, believed in like different religions and things like that. And I would just kind of explore but very innocently you know like just not really explore as like try out their religions but i would just like see what they believed in you know and and why they believed what they believed you become Um, you become curious like no matter no matter honestly on the surface how quote-unquote crazy something may seem you'd be like mm -hmm. i'm just curious like what's uh you know especially i mean when you get interested i mean i'm speaking more so from my own personal experience like when you get interested in cults like i I, you Mm -hmm. know i became you know obsessed for like a good year of just like dude let's talk about heaven's gate let's talk about jonestown like i love all that stuff because it was like yeah how does one person go to far that far down anyways but you, you got to be curious about it so that's what oh definitely that's what there's doing. there's uh there's definitely a, a huge curiosity um just growing like within these years um but yeah i would just uh just ask and just talk and i started just asking myself are these things that that i believe because like i actually believe them are these things that have been just forced on me my whole life and i'm and i believe them because uh because i just never had an option not to like i was made to feel like literally like i was going to hell if i didn't believe this like this certain way and i didn't talk the certain way and dress a certain way and um 
and it's uh, I guess it hit me really hard um, just coming from like a sheltered life like the first time I ever got hit with uh, with like depression um, it kind of runs in my family mm-hmm. um, I mean makes sense because of, wh- of where we're from like so many people suffer from depression there honestly um but just like touching on that um the first time i ever went through something bad enough to put me in that place um i would pray for peace and i would continue to just to just cry out for peace and and i was waking up in in the morning and and literally just crying myself back to sleep and and just asking like why like why can't I hear anything? Like, why isn't he talking back to me? And like, why isn't he like, you know, comforting me in this time? And I would see posts and I'm just being honest. Mm -hmm. I would see posts on my Instagram and Facebook of, uh, of, you know, people I called friends that were saying like, you know, if you're not hearing the voice of God daily, then you need to question whether or not you actually have a relationship with God. And, um, and that hit me hard, man. Mm-hmm. Like it hit me really, really hard. Uh, cause that, well, first of all, that's not how like I was raised. Like I've, I don't know about you, but I've never heard like an audible voice. No. And, I, um, I'm, I'm the same way. And so that really like, I was like, well, maybe predestination is a thing and maybe I'm just not one of the chosen. And I started feeling like really I had some like dark times to be honest. And that, and those dark times were, I mean, it it sounds bad, but I don't know if it, if it makes me weak for, uh, for feeling this way, but I feel like I'm not the only one. Um, but I was just like, well, I wonder I wonder why, like, you know, so many people say, like, this is a, uh, this is a relationship, not a religion. Like, how many times have you heard that in Christianity? Yeah, a lot. (laughs) Um, and so with me, like, I was like, well, this is like one crazy relationship because like, if I were to ever be in, um, in, in a relationship with someone that never, uh, never wanted to like talk back with me or never like, you know, wanted to interact with me ever. I feel like, or vice versa. Like, I feel like if somebody else was in, was in that situation with me and I, and I wasn't providing them with the same like love and, and care as, you know, as they were giving me, like you wouldn't really want to be in that situation. And I know it's like, it gets on such, such a huge scale because you're talking about like, you know, someone who created a universe and you're looking at like us as like, you know, these tiny little humans, like earth is so small. And I get that. I get that. Like, I don't understand everything and I, I never will. Um, but these are just certain questions that just started popping up in my head. Sure. And, um, and I just couldn't understand why I couldn't shake it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so it kind of, I feel like those, t- it was like three years, like bad things just kept happening and kept happening. We were in Europe and, um, I lost my, I lost my grandfather right after like, so we wrote a song called bad blood and that's like, 
that's about some crazy personal stuff that happened within my dad's side of the family. And, um, so that happened. And then my dad's father died while we were in Germany and I couldn't be there for, for him or my uncle or anybody. And my dad and my uncle are like two men that I admire and like, they're, they're like my best friends. Um, if it wasn't for those two men in my life, I wouldn't even play music. And so being like away and, and wanting to like be there to comfort them, like it was just really tough. Um, so a lot of bad things were happening and I'm just sitting here questioning, like, like why, like, where are you? Like, why, why won't you talk to me or why won't you like, you know, at least yeah. do hook, something, hook, hook do something. Up, hook me, right. Hook me up with something. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. I guess through that, like I, I was continuing, like I was still going to church and everything. I was actually playing drums at church mm-hmm. and, um, and I guess I just started like looking around and I just started noticing how miserable people, people really were, if that makes sense. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. Um, oh, yeah, just because you're – well, I mean, it, whatever. You, you, I, you know, I, I don't want you to go too far down a rabbit hole because, I mean, even though you did preface it. But, like, I think, you know, the whatever, to tie a bow on it in regards to – when you are looking at other people who are, because uh, the real core of my question was the you know the habitual nature of religion and faith. People do things because it's comfortable. It builds a community and all yeah. these, all these things that you need as a human being. You're able to get from both of those things, but it's not yeah. until like you know I'm sure that while people like you and I 
you know, we've never experienced the, you know, voice in your ear or, you know, wind on your shoulder, whatever it is you want to call it. But, yeah. like, but I've had emotional reactions to things that, um, you know, whether it's just like stepping in a church and like looking at the cross, like, yeah, they're like every time I take communion, I have tears in my eyes. And like, that's mm-hmm. not, and I can't explain it beyond the fact that I just feel so close to something that I'm like, yo, I'm insignificant. I'm so small. I can't even believe I'm here. This is just, I'm just lucky, you know? So I, yeah. so I, I could totally empathize with what you were talking about where it's like, you feel like you truly open your eyes and you look around and you're just like, yo, for this thing that's supposed to be so celebratory and awesome, like so many people are just going through the motions. They just don't care about it. Like they're, and that's, and that's what I was saying about miserable. I'm not saying that every, I was not trying to say that everyone's miserable, like within their faith and everything. Right. But, um, in the South, it's very like, like you hear the term like, um, like Southern hospitality a lot, I'm sure. Um, and it is a thing. Like, I, I love the South, but it gets to a certain point where um, it's really just like a facade and it's really just like a mask to cover up like how they really feel on the inside. And honestly, I got tired of like just going, I don't know. Come like going to church on Sunday and hearing a million different people call me brother who like during the week like have no idea who I am or even like care you know so it's it's just really it got very mechanical for me and it got very like um just something that people do every Sunday to be seen and to be considered a good person and not and I'm not putting that on everyone i I swear i'm not yeah um because i I realize there's people that actually seek out truth and that's what i'm trying to do um i actually just had a uh a conversation with my dad that was a really hard one and we were talking about all this and um and i just told my dad because like you were getting into uh you were talking about how you were curious of like uh like creepy stuff like cults and things like that you know yeah Well, I started getting into like some weird, uh, I don't know, just looking more into, I was like, well, if this, if I'm questioning this, this is my whole foundation on what I've lived on. You know, like when you take a, when you take your foundation out from under you, literally like you start questioning everything, man. Like it's, it's not like I'm coming to you like real right now. Like I didn't. I didn't question my beliefs because like it was the cool thing to do. Like, cause it is terrifying. It is so scary to think that like you're uprooting everything. Man, totally. It, ju- just because like, just because like I'm questioning things and questioning, um, things like if God is really love or not, like if I'm wrong, then I'm going to burn in hell for eternity and like going back to like the whole being like brainwashed into like fear and things like that, that is something that is very real to me. Like the fear of like burning for eternity is, is a real fear of mine. Um, it's not something that like, Oh, like we like, we want our band to be cool. So we like change like views and things like that. Like not at all. Like some of us still like, believe certain things and other of us other people believe other things you know it's we're all like seeking truth and that's something our band has always been about literally in 2008 to like i don't know if they changed it but it might still be there on our 
I don't anytime we've had like a MySpace or a Facebook, it's always had seek truth on it. Right. And so that's literally just what I've tried to do. And even like we've never been like a preachy band. Like even even through our younger years, we would always just encourage people to seek truth. Because if if Jesus, if God is the ultimate truth, then when you seek truth, you will find God. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so that's what I'm setting out to do right now. I just got like really, like I wrote Calloused, um about a lot of, it was very vague, but um, that was when I was going through a lot of, uh, a lot of these hard times and, and realizing that, uh, that I'm stronger because of like some of the struggles that I've gone through but it's made me like a callous person. Like there's some things that I feel like I'm numb to now. And so I feel like I'm in a learning process in my life. And it's weird being in a band because you literally like pour yourself out to people. And it's like, I hope you like what you see, you know, or what you hear, you know? And it's right. (laughs) It's, it's just crazy because like I'm 25 and I'm just a guy like trying to, to just figure out like why I'm here. And I, and I was telling my dad, um, I feel like if I were to, I'm sorry if I'm bouncing around too much. No, you're fine. But I feel like if I were to have a, uh, a relationship with, with God, I, I feel like it would have to be one of those things where, I'm so paranoid when it comes to, uh, like government and religion and what, like, um, I don't know, like all these, uh, agendas and like, like dogma and things like that, that they can push on people just by like trying to get them to believe a certain way. And, um, and like all the wars that have been started through religion and things like that. And it's, it's just crazy to me to like think of it as a whole. And that's what I was getting on earlier when I was talking about like, uh, how you were interested in like the, the cult stuff and things like that. Like I, I started looking into like getting deeper into like, I don't know, looking up like what government does and, and how they control and divide you in like every way possible and so i just like started thinking about what if i've believed this this way my whole life simply because like i'm more easily controlled if i live my life this way um yeah and no i know what i mean no for sure i mean yeah i I know we could probably talk about this for another you know hour plus because you know i mean i think at the oh it's a rabbit hole no (laughs) dude you 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 warned me and i appreciated that but i I mean i think it's one of those things where like no matter no matter where you land on the spectrum of you know religious versus non-religious like you know i've I've been through music you travel in so many different cycles and you meet so many different people with varying opinions Mm -hmm. but i think ultimately you know, all of us are just taking stabs in the dark. Like none of us have any idea. Like we're just we're we're taking our best educating. We're all human, man. Totally. And that and there's always going to be fear, and there's always going to be um, the negative things that exist in life. But you know, if you are like you are currently experiencing right now, if you're on your you know search for truth, whatever that may mean, um, that that's better than habitually doing something. Because to me, that's yeah, definitely that, that's the saddest existence where you see so many people that just don't. Uh, 
yeah, don't ever think about why they do the things that they do. And I think that the environment that you and I were raised in, in regards to like independent music and, you know, punk and hardcore and everything that all contributes to the idea where it's like, Hey, maybe these structures and institutions that get put in front of us, like maybe they're not all that it's cracked up to be. And it just makes you think in a different way, which I'm, you know, thankful for from that perspective. But uh, oh, definitely to, uh, to kind of, you know, uh, hit on an, uh, on an idea that is tangentially related to it, but still, uh, you know, tied into, uh, you know, faith in some capacity when you guys did make the move from face down to, you know, equal vision, uh, I'm sure there was a lot of hand wringing from what you guys were having internally, uh, you know, because anytime, a band exists, especially within the you know Christian metalcore scene. Uh, there is, it's sometimes very difficult for a band to step beyond that, where people aren't just like, oh yeah, there's a crappy Christian hardcore band, not going to listen to them or whatever. Um, yeah. So like when you guys did make that decision, was it a was it a relatively tough one, uh, or was it a concerted effort where it's like, hey, we really want to appeal to you know, people who may have never heard of us because, you know, they're not paying attention to this, you know, particular label or whatever. Well, it's, it's weird because that's what we've always wanted to do. Like even like all of our records on face sound, like every tour we've ever been on, we've always said that we, we never wanted to do just like strictly Christian tours. And we have, but like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, like I was saying earlier about just, how music should be an outlet for everything. Like, I don't, I don't get the term like Christian band. Like, and I know that I know you've probably heard that a million times, but it just, I got it. Like I, I get, I get it. But, um, we've always tried to be kind of in, and not where it's like, Oh, let's try to like, you know, seeing more songs about this. So we'll be like a bigger band. Like we, we've always wrote about different things just because like, that's what we wanted to do. And, uh, and that's, what's cool about starting a band is like, it's your thing. Like you can make it what you, what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know. Everyone thinks it's like some weird, like sell out thing. And I think that's what, what kind of gets at me a little bit is like, Okay, <laughs> like I've seen, I've seen a comment that said something about like I like the music on the new record, but um, but the lyrics are are not Gideon, like they're very empty, um, and it's just like for it's crazy how people become so opinionated that they think that they know you better than you know yourself, and like I I get that people are are probably pissed off that like there's not like a lot of songs that uh that are like that but we we just tried to be honest and and, like come from the heart and and the switch from the switch from face down and equal vision like that had nothing to do with it like at all like we would have made the jump or or continue to do things the way we did them like whether we decide decided to start like talking about these things in our songs or not, you know? Yeah. And, um, and a lot of people have asked me that, like, Oh, did you guys like go to equal vision? Because like, you know, uh, you were tired of being like a Christian band and no, that's not like, that wasn't it at all. Like we, we've never considered ourselves like 
a Christian band like that in that sense. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. People put you in what boxes they want to put you in, right? And that's just a part of life, and it sucks. But especially when you're when you're in a a subgenre already, like I don't know, people try to put all these different labels on you. You know, it's just. It's just music, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. There, it, it's it is it is weird when you have to exist when certain people have to exist in a certain music world and they're not able to listen to um, stuff outside of the context of like I never. Uh, I, I still remember. I, I play. I played in a band for years and sang for a band called Taken. We never were labeled as a Christian hardcore band, but sometimes we played with them. And so I, I just remember we played with this band from San Diego called Born Blind, who was on Tooth and Nail, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they were headlining. We opened up, and I, you know, after we played, I always would go back and sell merch for us, just because you know that was fun for me to do. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, a person came up to me and was like you know, uh, hey, hey, brother, are you saved? And I was like, well, what? Uh, I was like, I'm selling shirts. I was like, uh, I was like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to respond to it. And they were like, do you mind if I look at the lyrics? And I was like, oh, I see where they're going with this. And I was like, no, yeah. I was like, no, I like, dude, I, I was like, I didn't know what to tell this person. I was just like, I was like, I'm sorry. I don't have time for this. I was like, if you're asking if we're a Christian band, we're not, I am, but that's it. And then they like totally were miffed and walked away. And I was like, Dude, that sucks. I never want to sell you a CD. I never want to be what you're exactly. And and I totally understand where you know you, you guys exist as a band um, that you know has a certain set of beliefs, and then you want to exist in the world that uh, you should exist in, which is the world of you know aggressive music. And uh, yeah, people obviously want to put you in a certain uh, category just based on, you know, your own personal philosophical beliefs. And so I understand the struggle. Oh, it's frustrating. Yeah. And it, and people, what's, what's really, I don't know what really blows my mind is, uh, is you have these, you have people that the same people that will preach like love and I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah, it's um, you no, got me off on this thing. Man. No, I know. I'm sorry. I, yeah, we don't, um, that's that's another rabbit hole. But I'm just. It yeah. just blows my mind, like how quick people are to just throw you away, like completely, like leave you to the birds. Like if you if you don't believe the same way that they believe, right. they'll literally disrespect you. Like yeah. have no problem disrespecting you if if you if you don't believe the way they believe or if you know you don't talk about it enough in your songs it's just like dude like yeah you're like chill please all right sorry i I didn't know we we missed our quote on this record sorry yeah (laughs) it's just but yeah i'm i hope i don't regret talking about all that earlier (laughs) no no but I, i just tried to be honest and and i try not to be like real negative whenever I talk about it, but I'm just, like I said, I'm in, I'm in a growing stage and our last record was called cold. So that can kind of tell you where I'm at with it, you know, but, but at the same time I am like, I am searching and I'm trying to, to figure out because like you were talking about though, not to go all the way back, but like you were talking about feeling things yourself like I've felt those things, you know? 
so I'm just trying to like figure out if it's if if it is what I think it is, and so it just bums me out like to think that I am trying to seek out truth, and then these people that like see me questioning are just like you know what forget this band and it's it's sad like but i guess like that's like that's just the world like you can't yeah something i don't know something you can't control yeah um, you can't win for losing right uh the last two things i want to hit on before i let you go was the um you know like you guys are active you do a a large amount of touring and you know you're out there um and but it's it, it strikes me that you guys are uh, you know, one of those bands where basically, you know, your life is centered around the band. You guys, you know, probably have, you know, day jobs, gig work, whatever it is that you're able to do to sustain yourself in between tours. Um, but, you know, you've been able to, uh, you know, make uh, some financial uh, gain off of the band. Um, is it important for you to kind of have a route in, you know, I guess, uh, a quote unquote real life, because, you know, clearly like touring in a band, like that's like, you know, that's dream life, you know, that's not something and not dream in like the most positive way possible, but like, you know, you're existing outside of the normal confines of society. So like, mm-hmm. you know, do you guys kind of live in both worlds where it's like, Oh yeah, you know, we go home and we work and then yeah, we tour when we can and well not tour when we can, but we tour when we're, you know, when it makes sense and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I've uh I got lucky enough to land a job when I was about I guess 15 or 16 um at this heavy duty truck store <laughs> in Bessemer, Alabama called uh it's called Longlos Western Star Heavy Duty Trucks <laughs> and they've <laughs> they've let me uh work in shipping and uh just come home and have a job like whenever I'm in town. It's amazing. And um it really it really does make a difference but um but we've been so busy lately that uh i don't even know if any is if any of us have jobs anymore right like um like i'm in seattle visiting my girlfriend right now and uh and i'm just she works at like a harley uh a harley store up here and i'm uh I'm just working here part part time while I'm here. The guy was like, "Yeah, like we got some things you can do." So, um I'm here trying to like make ends meet like the rest of the world. Um but it it is crazy to think that we've gotten to a certain point where our main income is from playing music, but it's all from it's mainly all from touring, especially with like with like streaming services and stuff. Now like if you want to make money as a band, it almost has to be from touring different ways of, uh, of making money on the road. And so I'm not at all complaining about being busy because if we're not busy, then we're not, you know, progressing. Um, but we definitely, I don't, you know, okay. You know how people think like being in a band is like the perfect thing ever. And it would, and it would be super fun. And, to like live life like that well the grass is always greener and there's there dude there's days on the road where i like i envy people that like have families and like in like a normal schedule and things like that and um i don't know it's crazy like how we're all i don't know yeah you know i'm trying to say well no i i yeah i do because it, it it does um 
you know, being being in a band and uh, you know contributing to an artistic pursuit is always exciting. But mm-hmm. what people you know, what many people don't consider is the trade-off, you know? Like, cause I mean, you oh, know, definitely. in the same way that like, I always joke around, uh, you know, with, with friends about this, that like, you know, they start something successful, whether it's like, you know, a business or whatever. Uh, no one, you know, when they're 10 years old and they want to start like something and, you know, make it their life, they never are like, dude, I can't wait to be the boss. Like, I can't wait to like do a bunch of paperwork. Yeah. It's like, no one considers that in the same way that no one considers like, Oh my gosh! What's life like when I'm gone for eight months out of the year and I have no relationships at home? It's like that's just a they, you know. Some people can exist in that, and other people have to learn how to adjust with that reality. You know? No, oh, definitely. It's it's definitely an adjustment. Um, and I think the hardest part is is being for tour, and I don't. I feel like it's always in the back of my head that everything should be the same when I come back. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But every but everyone's always like like my family's older, like, you know, things are always just so different and you miss out on a lot. Like it really is a, a sacrifice that people don't understand. Um yeah. like my niece and nephew, like I miss basically their entire childhood because while they were growing up I was on the road and I miss so many like softball games and football games and yeah, that's, um, and that's the second. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's it, you definitely have to 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 put in. Uh, it's it's more than just work. You know, it's it's you have to give your life to it in a way. You know, it's it's weird. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, the last thing I want to hit on before I let you go was the, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the music that you guys make is kind of this, you know, uh, confluence, especially how you've progressed over time where it's this, uh, you know, there's a world that's firmly where your music is firmly rooted in, you know, hardcore and metalcore and that sort of stuff. But then clearly there are other things that influence like, you know, bands like Lincoln Park, POD and stuff like that, um, and I find that tr- it's not really a trend within independent music because that those bands have existed for quite some time. But um, do you find it interesting the more elements that you put in your music that are of that more quote unquote mainstream nature? Um, like, do you notice different people coming out to your shows and stuff like that that normally probably wouldn't because you guys are like oh they're just a screaming band or whatever? Um, how, like, have you noticed that uh, I guess progress over time? Um. Yes and no. Um, I feel like it definitely helped helped us reach out to a different crowd. Um, but unless you start out like playing a lot of those people, or I don't know, whenever we started um, kind of branching out and trying new things like that, a lot of people were just like, "What is this?" You know. Um, but yeah, those like those are definitely influences of ours and and uh i feel like it it definitely does help you reach like a different a different crowd but um people like it for some reason when you uh when you stick to to the og sound so we we've been trying to do like a little bit of both like progress um as a band and play play new things that we want to try within like our sound but you also have to keep it Gideon and uh, 
does a great job of, of keeping us grounded um, whenever we come to him with some of, some of these crazy ideas. Um, but yeah, definitely. It, it definitely helps you reach like an, an older crowd, I would say. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, Jake, I, I, I could probably talk to you for another two hours, but I feel like that would be punishing you. So I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to cut it off here, but dude, I, I, you're not punishing me at all, man. I've had a good time. I feel like I've just talked your ears off and that's what it's supposed to be. Just rambled about some crazy stuff, but no, that's great. I honestly, I really appreciate that. You know, you putting it all out there and I, I think that there is no, um, there's no harm in it because I think people, what positive or negative, I think uh, what should they have to understand the human experience and uh, everybody's on a oh for sure on a different uh, on a different path from that perspective. But uh, I just really appreciate you sharing it because uh, I think it's important to get out there. So yeah, thank you, man. Dude, no problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, there was Jake. That was great, right? I just uh, like I said, I I can't be more appreciative of people that are, you know, maybe a little bit nervous to talk about certain things or kind of air them to the general public. But, uh, I, I love it when people do because we're all in this weird journey together. And I think the, uh, you know, people shouldn't be afraid of expressing these, uh, innermost thoughts that they have as long as it's in a safe environment. And as long as it's obviously (laughs) attached to, uh, uh, you know, love and uh, inspiring things as opposed to, you know, hating one another or whatever. But, uh, the fact that Jake was, uh, so open and honest, I just, I, I can't thank him enough. And I also want to thank Natalie as publicist for bringing me this idea, um, just to have him on the podcast. You know, she wasn't coming at me with uh, any like, Hey, you need to, you know, talk to him about these things. Um, but yeah, and Gideon is a great band. So go check out all their records. Equal Vision Records put out their last one. And um, yeah, just a great, great band. So what do I got next week, right? That's what you're curious about. That's why you're tuning into this outro. Roger Murray from Agnostic Front. This dude is, you know, whatever, one of the godfathers of hardcore, a New York City staple, even though he hasn't lived in that city for, I don't know, eight, nine years, maybe 10 years. But um, yeah, there's no way that you can get into hardcore and not know who he is and not know who agnostic front is. It's basically your, your starter pack from that perspective. So, uh, Roger and I discussed his new book and it was a spectacular, spectacular conversation. And, uh, that's what we got next week. So until then, please, like I said at the beginning, be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw podcast network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. 
Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. 